This episode of Seniors Today is brought to you in part by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Welcome to Seniors Today, a talk show focused on what seniors and their families need to know to live their very best lives. I'm Denise Vaughn, the administrator at HomeWatch Caregivers Home Care, and with me is my co-host Lisa Stover, the founder of Presto Real Estate Services. During this time, many people are reassessing their life plan, including deciding where they may want to live when they retire and how their finances are going to help them achieve their goals. As older adults look at what is best for them and how they can afford to live the way they want to live, there's been an increased interest in reverse mortgages as a finance strategy. Joining us today are Harlan Akala and Sal Bastaway from Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Welcome Harlan and Sal. Thanks, glad to be here. Thank you, glad to be here. Glad you could join us. Well, Harlan, the first thing I wanted to ask is, can you explain to us what is a reverse mortgage? Well, you know, that's weird. It'd be nice to be able to just kind of in Webster's definition have a very short one-liner, but uh, a reverse mortgage, it can be used for many different things. But in simplicity, the bottom line is, is that a regular mortgage, you take cash every single month and you turn it into equity and you have to pay that in every month. It's a deposit into a special account called your house account and you must make a mortgage payment every month. A reverse mortgage is a privilege that you get when you get old enough at 62 years old, where you can simply turn that equity that you've created over the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years and turn it back into cash. And there's a lot of different uses, a lot of different things. We got to be careful not to pigeonhole it because a reverse mortgage can pay off a regular mortgage and eliminate a payment. It can help you buy a new house uh, and as a retirement home or um, it can uh, simply uh, give you some money and some income uh, that you didn't have before. But one of the biggest uses is simply to be able to eliminate making mortgage payments once you hit the magic age of 62 and we can wave the magic wand and say, you don't have to put any more money into your house. You've already put enough in. I like that. Magic age. It's kind of like waving a magic wand also, because when you think about it, everybody's made mortgage payments for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, and all of a sudden, you don't have to make it anymore. And that's a very interesting thing to think about it, because most people think that you just got to pay it until it's done. And that's the case with a regular mortgage, but not with a reverse. So then why is it that they have such a bad rap? I mean, why do people not like reverse mortgages? And Lisa, it's frustrating because I've been doing this for 18 years and I've uh, I, every single day somebody says, why would I ever want one of those? I heard they were bad. And so the reputation really came from two things. And the first one is, is that people can lose their home with a reverse mortgage if they don't pay their real estate taxes. And so we used to allow anybody to get a reverse mortgage as long as they were over 62. And so when you don't make your payments on your taxes, that requires a foreclosure. And wow. so it doesn't get blamed on the not paying the taxes, it gets blamed on us because we went and foreclosed on the house. Well, that's because they didn't pay their taxes. If they went to pay their real estate taxes, the county would have taken their house. 
So it's, but the, we end up getting blamed for it. And everybody talks about that, that, oh yes, that's a, a reverse mortgage. Somebody lost their house. And also there was a big mistake made and it's so important to understand this is that there's a bunch of people that went into a reverse mortgage with a younger spouse, usually an older man with a younger wife and did not put her on title. And after he died, she got kicked out of the house. So everybody thinks that that's the loan where you kick widows out of the house. And oh my goodness, that's the last thing we want to do. But if they're not an owner of the house and they're not part of the equation, they can't stay in the house because we made the deal with the older homeowner. Uh, so uh, we, uh, we, the, the rules changed on that. And we no longer allow mm. older husbands to take their wives off from title. So we kind of, kind of protect them from themselves, so to speak. Harlan, that was a great explanation yeah. on some of the concerns that I think we've heard from seniors. I think I wanted to ask Sal, a lot of times it's the young, uh, the adult children, right? So they're the ones that are sometimes helping their parents make some of these decisions. And even though um, it's in the back of their minds, well, what does this mean to my parents' estate? They're concerned, you know, what, what does it mean if their parents were to pass away and the house has a reverse mortgage? How does it affect the heirs of um, the estate? Well, the good news uh, for the heirs is that reverse mortgage are non-recourse loans. Uh, that means if the loan amount exceed, ever exceeds the, the home value, the lender cannot go after the rest of the estate of the heirs or any uh, uh, assets in that matter. And the heirs can also get an initial six months to deal with the loan payoff. So after it happens, the heirs have to pay off the loan. They always have six months and they can also get two additional 90 days. So it's a complete one year to settle the loan amount. That sounds like it's a good safeguard to have in place. Are there other safeguards? There is a, the, on the federal level, the Department of HUD, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, regulate reverse mortgage. And like you said earlier, when you uh, directed the question to Harlan, uh, people don't like it. Even with all this regulation, there people still call it a scam. Imagine how uh, a scam like this being regulated by the uh, federal government. Uh, that's, uh, that would be the best regulated scam in the world. One of the things we're finding um, as people are living longer, um, some folks have had in the past have had uh, retirement plans, they had pensions, they had social security, they had multiple ways of income coming in. And as we get to this next generation of seniors, there aren't really as many pensions as there were. There were people that were putting money into 401ks, but those hadn't quite caught on. So what we're finding is that seniors that are looking to either stay at home and pay for the care they need, or they're looking to move into a community, they're looking for ways to be able to afford it. Um, and I know you talked a little bit about one of the bonuses of a reverse mortgage is you don't have to write that check every month, but can you guys talk a little bit more about how it's an income stream for um, seniors? Well, I think the biggest thing that you already mentioned, Denise, is there's simply not very many pensions left. And the baby boomers are going through this with much fewer pensions, uh, lowest interest rates in, uh, in history. And so we've got the largest number of people going in with the least amount of assets. 
But the one asset that's bigger than anything else is real estate. Fortunately, a majority of baby boomers have invested in their home. And there's $7.1 trillion sitting in seniors' homes, just the people over age 62. It's a major solution to the COVID-19 problem, to the retirement problem, because you can receive income from your house just like you'd receive income from a pension. You can re uh, eliminate the payment that's going in there. You can have a line of credit so you can fix the roof. Uh, Sal told me that he just helped somebody this week that has a $1,800 house payment uh, that has a pension, but a majority of her pension was going to be going to the house when she doesn't have to do it. So that is a stream of income in itself. We're not going to be sending her a check, but she doesn't have to send us a check for $1,800. Completely changes her life and the lives of her children and the entire family. I see such a, such a benefit in it. So many people just wanting to get away from stairs and yard work and there's so many great communities out there for, for single level living. Um, they're not ready to maybe move into a senior community. They still wanna remain independent, but they just want something smaller, more manageable. I mean, to me, it makes perfect sense. Just can't wait till I'm 62. Well, yeah, you're going to have to wait a long time, Lisa. But uh, the, the, the bottom line is, is that if you take a look at the fourth quarter of your life, the biggest single expense for the vast majority of people uh, is housing. If you can control that housing cost, you can control retirement. And the unfortunate thing is, is people try to put that aside and not use it. And then they live in a house that's not as nice as they could have otherwise. They don't repair some things. They don't get to go and enjoy vacations and everything else. That is really too bad because all that money sits there and then it gets passed on to the kids who don't even really want it and wish their parents would have enjoyed it a little bit more along the way. And all the assets that they didn't use sometimes go to the kids. So usually the kids are better off. My kids are perfectly happy with me doing a reverse mortgage because they know that I'm going to take them on vacation more and spend more on the grandkids. Right. We, we even say that to our, our kids' grandparents is, you know, Send it on us now so we can, you know, have good, good memories with you. A lot, of seniors, a lot of seniors don't realize they can buy a new home on a reverse mortgage and almost pay like almost half the price. Yeah. They can get the home they want. And instead of downsizing just on the price, they can get the home they like in an area where their grandchildren live and they only can pay about 50% and the rest of the loan will be on a reverse mortgage. We can get more information if they go to our website which okay. is going to be on NCTV 17 site. They right. will say they can get a free book. They can log in and they will get a free book that explain everything about reverse mortgage. Oh, that's And perfect. also it will have our contact. We are, remember, the lender have to be an FHA uh, approved lender to do reverse mortgage. And we are an FHA approved lender. So we will be able to answer all their questions that's on the phone. We'll email them what they need. We'll also mail them books if they need a certain book. And there's also a lot of financial advisors book we have that we can send to them that will help them, help them out make a decision. It's great that there's resources because I think one of the things we notice with some of our seniors is that processes that are difficult, they sometimes put up and put off and are afraid. I mean, you know, they may, may be worried they don't even have the documents that they need. They've been living in their current house for 40 years and they're thinking, okay, how do I find all of these things? You know, I think, Harlan, can you just talk a little bit about what the process would be? What kinds of things do people need to have ready 
if they do want to um, pursue a reverse mortgage for their financing. Yeah, you know, it's not very complicated. It only takes three or four weeks. But the important thing is to identify what their needs and goals are. And once that's identified, uh, there's a, a reverse mortgage planners like a Sal that sit down and go through the process. But the big thing is in their mind going through this. And the book that Sal mentioned that I had written a couple of years ago is called, uh, it, it's the Cinderella story. And it's kind of a fun story to read, actually. It's not as exciting as a novel, but basically goes through, the, which is the, the book that, uh, that is going to be on the website and available for people to uh, get for free, um, is simply to go through and think about what it is before uh, they actually make the decision. It's not one big decision. It's a whole bunch of little decisions. And if they just inform themselves and go through it from there, that's where it starts. And it ends up being a situation that quite frankly is very smooth after that. And it's kind of fun. You don't have to uh, you know, do something to your house or you don't have to do anything before you actually sit down and go through things with a planner and say, how is this going to work? Uh, how would this benefit me? And that, of course, costs nothing. It's kind of like the book. The book doesn't cost anything either. And there's really cool chapters in there. One is uh, called uh, uh, Drug, Sex, and Reverse Mortgages. That's kind of interesting. And then there's the three buckets. And then the, uh, uh, the interesting one is the HUD, the fairy godmother. And then we've even got one about the bear in the closet. So it's, we try to make it interesting and fun and not just something that is uh, kind of boring to read. Oh my gosh, I love the titles of your chapters. It makes me really want to continue to learn more about reverse mortgages. And I wish we had a little bit more time. You've both been so informative. Um, thank you, Harlan. Thank you, Sal, for joining us. We I have to take a short break, but we really appreciate you being with us. Thank you. Thanks thank you so much. Having us. Great to see you both. Thank you. This episode of Seniors Today is brought to you in part by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Welcome to Cedarhurst, Naperville's senior living community. We started Cedarhurst of Naperville to provide truly person-directed care. We take the time to know and work with each resident as an individual and to provide them with care that's as unique as they are, whether it's assisted living or memory care. We are one big family, from our employees, to our management team, to our health providers, to folks in our home office. Um, we value the connection with each other and we value getting to know each other on a personal level. So I think the residents would tell you that it feels like family and as much as home as possible. Our caring, compassionate staff, first-rate amenities, beautiful environment and welcoming supportive atmosphere make Cedarhurst a secure, enriching place to live. We truly get to know our residents. We bring them in. They're not just a resident, they are part of our Cedarhurst family. We want to know everything we can about them so that we can tailor their day and other residents' day specifically to them. In all of our communities, we are committed to protecting the safety and well-being of our residents, their families, our guests, and our employees. To stay ahead of the spread of COVID-19, we continue to take proactive, preventative steps. Rest assured, we are vigilantly monitoring all developments and stand ready to adjust and implement new measures.
We use person-directed approach to care, using individualized care plans and uh, sitting down with the families, talking to them about their loved ones so that we can come up with the best possible plan so that they thrive in our communities. Welcome back to Seniors Today. I'm Denise Vaughn, the administrator at HomeWatch Caregivers Home Care, and with me is my co-host, Lisa Stover, the founder of Presto Real Estate Services. Well, according to AARP, about 90% of seniors want to age in place and stay at home. But that's not always possible and not always something that will work for the family. What we want to learn is how seniors make their decision and what it's like, especially now with the COVID pandemic, and making that decision and what it may be like living in a community right now. So joining us um, are Andy Sharkey and Tom Bucco. Um, Andy is a current resident of a um, community and he's also a recent widower. Him and his wife, Angela, um, decided last year to move from their three bedroom home to a two bedroom apartment um, at Brookdale and Angela recently passed away. Tom is the next of kin, a caregiver, and a super nephew to both his aunt and his uncle who were both living independently, independent of each other. Health concerns and aging led Tom to find senior housing for his family members. Welcome Andy and Tom to our show. We're so glad you could join us. Well, thank you. And Andy, I just wanted to say um, thank you for being with us, and I'm so sorry about the loss of Angela. I know that that was um, an important part of your decision, and I think your story would be really helpful um, to a lot of people who may be in a similar situation. Can you share how you decided to downsize and start looking at a community? It, it actually, I was, I was thinking about this. It, it actually was a kind of a combination of, of two things. Well, as you mentioned, so many folks, and, and we were that way, that we always thought that uh, we would spend our, quote, last days in the residence that we were in. It, was a, it wasn't a real super large uh, dwelling. Uh, we've been there for 30 years. It met our needs. And, but uh, as we retired and the further we got into retirement, we just started thinking about, you know, maybe we should go somewhere smaller or somewhere, you know, that uh, would be less maintenance and that kind of stuff. But then combination with that in December of 17, uh, we received a, a diagnosis, Ange received the diagnosis of a terminal lung cancer. And uh, I can always remember the doctor saying that it is treatable, but not curable. And those phrases were to haunt me for the next two years. But what essentially it meant was that uh, Ange was going to be on a journey now for two years treating that cancer. And so it kind of brought to the forefront that maybe uh, maybe we'd be better off somewhere where if Ange needed some assistance that I, as her caregiver, couldn't quite give, we'd be in the facility already. We wouldn't have to make that decision uh, because the doctors just said, well, she's, she, she needs to have this or this or that. And, but it was so it was with that that uh, we kind of looked around at the various um, uh, senior settings and but but that whole idea of leaving a residence it, it, I, I remember thinking to myself it was just it was smothering it was worrisome I couldn't I couldn't take it on you think about it for a couple minutes and then you say oh forget it forget it we'll worry about this later and it wasn't until uh, we started working with the 
senior living community that we're in right now. And I asked the question about, is there someone or is there something that can assist with the, the, the steps in this? And that's when we were introduced to Lisa. And it's with Lisa that I found out that, wait a minute, don't, don't look at this as a, a big move or that. Let's look at it in steps. Let's, let's break it down. Let's, let's look at each of the steps. And, and in the end, you will have been moved from your existing uh, home and you'll be in your, your new residence. And I, I sat back and I, it was like two weights being taken off my shoulders. I thought, that's right. Wait a minute. Get somebody else involved if necessary and, and uh, you can work this thing through. And that's, that's really where we, uh, where we, you, you do bring up such good points, which is that you were already dealing with a major, you know, life situation with Angela being sick. So you had all of that burden. And then, you know, the thought of making a decision can be overwhelming. And then the decision of how to make the move can be overwhelming. So it, it's really great that you were able to make that transition. Um, Lisa, yeah. kudos to you for all the support. Yeah, you know what? It was such a pleasure. What an honor. And, and, and Tom, your situation was very different because it wasn't your home, right? It was your, right. your uncle first and then your aunt. And what, tell us what led up to, to that, to those moves. Well, initially it was uh, health concerns for both of them. Um, and the other part was the overwhelming feeling that my uncle had, and he had so much stuff. He, you know, was in his residence for over 30 years, over 40 years for my aunt, and that's what the, you know, the biggest dilemma for them is. Wow, what do we do with this stuff? Or I don't even know if I can do it. Well, we had toured a bunch of um, independent independent residents until we came to Brookdale, and then of course Brookdale mentioned Presto, and then all the magic began from there. Uh, it was an amazing transition. Uh, my aunt had attempted two or three times before to try to get into a uh, different uh, retirement residence, but got chicken. Her feet got cold and said, oh, this isn't going to happen. I, I, it's just, again, too overwhelming. Well, when she saw her brother's transition, it then became uh, apparent that it's just so easy to do. Uh, and they both adapted really well. The community just embraced them and like they've known them for years and they they have nothing but fun i i call it shangri-la for both of them <laughs> awesome. well tom that's something i really wanted to to find out from you because you know i do know you're the nephew and you've got your aunt and your uncle like you said their brother and sister and you've got that amazing job of um you were helping take care of them and getting them situated mm -hmm. and now they're in a community where really you're not able to visit the way you did. Can you talk a little bit about how you're managing? It was quite a shock to all of us in the beginning because we did see each other a lot. I probably at least two or three nights had dinner with them, you know, the three of us, and sometimes my wife would join. Uh, but we made fun of it. Um, there's a vestibule entrance that we can see each other through the glass, which is probably about 15 feet away from each other. And I go grocery shopping every week for them. I become a pro shopper. I know every aisle, every food item. I know exactly what I'm doing in the grocery store. And I hadn't for years shopped. Well, since this pandemic, I've shopped every week for them. So we have fun with it. I drop the groceries off. We wave each other through the vestibule and, and, and move on. We have a few conversations by phone. They're not technically advanced to do Zooms or 
FaceTime or anything like that. So we get FaceTime during the delivery of the groceries every week. And Andy, you're on the inside now. So unlike Tom, you're living on the inside with everybody. And tell us a little bit about that and how your community has responded. And, you know, do you, do you feel claustrophobic or how's it going? You know, that you hit a couple very, very salient points there. This, I, I'm kind of on the receiving end of uh, the, uh, the shopping tours and that. Uh, uh, got on to that uh, very shortly after we went uh, through our uh, uh, no visitor policy, which really went into effect just before Ange went on to hospice. And in fact, um, uh, visitors were not permitted, or they still are not permitted into the facility, except if you are on hospice or uh, onto a, uh, a near-death kind of uh, thing. So, so my, my son, our grandkids, uh, those folks could come by and were able to be near her at, at the time that, uh, that she passed away. So, you know, if somebody says, well, you know, I don't know about being there when, uh, when, when, the, when the time comes, you're, you're going to be as close as you would be in, in somebody's house or in a hospital or there. Now, as far as, as the day-to-day -day living in there, Brookdale has done an exceptional job, an exceptional job with keeping us uh, really, uh, I, I like to say, locked down, but it's not. Uh, we, have, uh, we have access to the building itself. I go out for walks. Uh, anywhere around the property or that, our meals are delivered uh, uh, three times a day. If we want, uh, if we want three meals a day, um, uh, any of those uh, laundry facilities, we still can go to the laundry facilities. So day-to-day uh, -day living is pretty much just the way it was, except you just you're not going out to the store, you're not going out to the uh, uh, to uh, wherever. I, I'm I'm pretty much thinking it's very similar to what my son and daughter-in-law and grandkids are going through, they're confined to their residence. Uh, the kids can go maybe out into the backyard, but that's about it up until just recently. And that's about what we are here. And uh, we, we really uh, look forward to the Tom coming with the, with the his, uh, groceries <laughs> in there. You know, Andy, I did want to ask you, how are the changes being communicated to you as a resident? I'm, like you said, it was kind of a shock for everybody. You know, you go from all this freedom and this community feeling and you're having meals together and you're sitting, you know, doing whatever you want with the fellow residents. How was it communicated? And then I guess um, as you talk to us about it, maybe what are some of the changes that may come up in your community as things start opening up a little bit? Um, actually, they, they communicated all the changes daily it, when necessary in writing. Uh, we got it in our little uh, in-house mailboxes, uh, very detailed each step along the way, warnings about when uh, a certain uh, um, uh, things would be into place. For instance, initially, uh, we could go in and out to doctor's appointments and things of that sort, uh, but then very quickly, they realized that if somebody leaves the uh, leaves the facility and goes somewhere where there are other people around, people who may be passing it inadvertently or unintentionally passing the, uh, that when, when that individual comes back into the, uh, into the facility, uh, their temperature is taken and they go on to a 14-day quarantine in their, in, their, in their apartment. So 
so they you, you don't go outside of the apartment uh, they take care of your laundry um, uh, they'll bring you your mail and things of that sort so you just you're just kind of confined to the apartment but again uh, your, your meals are delivered uh, you can make phone calls you can you can do zoom you can do FaceTime uh, those kinds of things and at each step of the way uh, that's really been about the the, the um, the only change that uh, that has been, and, and I notice, uh, I see residents every now and then. I haven't seen them for a while, and and I might see them in the hall when I'm going down to check mail or something. Well, where have you been? Oh, I had to go out to a doctor's appointment, so I was on quarantine for 14 days, meaning they they were just in their apartment. But uh, and you asked the question about what's coming. Ah, that's what I want to know. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, it sounds yeah, like the, a, um, a luxury hotel. It sounds like you're uh, getting room service, and um, I kind of like that idea myself. Mm -hmm. You know, right? you know, Lisa and, and and Denise and Tom. I I've been kiddingly saying that uh, it's a good thing that I'm here with Ange passing away because if I was in a in a residence, I don't cook. I'd have been starving to death. So. <laughs> You guys timed it perfectly. You know, God love her. I, uh, I'll tell you the story sometime about it, but I always contend that the reason we're here is because, not because Ange needed to be here. I think because, excuse me, because she wanted to make sure that I was in a place that when she wasn't around that I was comfortable. Well, you are doing fabulous. And I really, I think I, I have said this to you every time I've ever talked to you both. I could talk to you guys forever, um, but we're out of time. So we're going to have to say goodbye. But thank you, Tom. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa, for always doing such, such a, a great job, even on these Zooms. Um, and such thank you treat. to our audience uh, for being with us today at Seniors Today.